magnify the Lord. That's our theme. So, the Psalm of David. We're going to read the entire Psalm 34. And you'll notice on your, on your handout that you got, I don't give you near as many notes as the guys do. Um, because what I think is important might not be important to you. So you can take your own notes. And I only gave you one lesson. So you're going to get lesson to lesson week to week as we go along. So there's two differences for this month. So, um, so hopefully you brought your Bibles. If not, you can use the cheat sheet up on the wall, whichever way you want to do it. But I kind of like to have my Bible along, either electronic or paper copy, whichever one you like, because then you can highlight in it and when something grabs you or write your side note. But whatever you like to do, maybe you want to write on your piece of paper and then you can do it when you get home. But Psalm 34, verses 1 through 22. A psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed, is the pre-runner in um, the Bible. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Okay, so now you may be seated. So we're going to talk this month about, oh, magnify the Lord with me. David was delivered from his enemy, and he knew that it was God who had delivered him. 
and he did not hesitate to give God the praise for it. I read in the commentaries that David sought the Lord, and I'm going to go back to the, the preamble there, that when David changed his behavior, and at first I thought, oh, okay, well, David got it together, because we know that David sinned, and I thought maybe that's what they were talking about. But actually, it wasn't. David changed his behavior, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, and some of you are going, mm, no, that's not what it was about. So maybe you don't know what he, what, what happened there, or maybe you do know what happened there. But David sought the Lord, and he was quick to know that it was God that delivered him from his enemy. And then he was very quick to give God praise. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I will bless the Lord at all times. So I'm going to do kind of a breakdown of these first verses, the first four verses today. Um, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The word bless means praise, adore, cause to kneel. It used to be in the days of the queen, Back before we came to America, we, our ancestors, for those that were from English descent, but back in the days of royalty, that we would actually kneel before royalty. We had great respect and great reverence for those that held positions. And unfortunately, we have gotten to be a very nonchalant, a very familiar society. We are on a first-name basis. There's churches, and I'm not going to knock where you come from, what you have as your society, where you came from, what you do now, but everybody's on a first-name basis. They call their pastor by the first name. They call their teachers by the first name. There's children that call their parents by their first name. They, hey, hi, what, huh? Sister Sandy, would you, hi? In the Midwest, we're horrendous about that. My grandchildren got into so much trouble when they moved here because they picked up our Midwestern slang. Huh? What? Excuse you? That's, pardon me, ma'am? Excuse you? You do not address an adult with, huh? But we don't think anything of it. I do it. I'm a Midwesterner. I'm a Wisconsinite through and through. I don't hear you. I say, huh? You call my name. I say, what? How rude. But we're familiar. And unfortunately, that carries over into our relationship with God. When is the last time... I will bless the Lord. That your bless the Lord actually caused you to just fall on your knees before him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We go into blessing the Lord the same way that we go into our relationships with each other. Morning, Richard. How are you doing today?
So our blessing towards the Lord should be so great that it actually causes us to fall to our knees in adoration before him. I will bless the Lord. Some of the times when I think that it's good enough to, that he's worthy of the praise. Some of the times when, no. The word times here translates, the word actually translates to an event, experiences, fortunes, occurrences, and occasions. I will bless the Lord some of the times in some of my experiences, in some of my fortunes, in some of my occurrences, in some of my occasions. That's what the scripture says, right? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall some of the times be in my mouth. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I know you all love it when I teach. Thank you. I love you. Because, see, God deals with me first about this. Because I do. I become, you know, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I just kind of go on my merry way. Even in my most distressing times, even in the times that I don't like it, even this week when I was sick and I couldn't do the things that were on my list of things to do, I had to sit in my recliner and say, thank you, Jesus. I know, God, that your grace is sufficient. I know, Lord, that you have a purpose in this. I know, God, that you are God and I am not. I bless you, I praise you, and you are worthy. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in you. Ephesians 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not giving thanks sometimes for some things. When I feel like it, when I get my way, when things make me feel good, when I get what I want, when my bucket list goes according to how I wanted it, when Pam has her way, because Pam's a spoiled brat and Pam likes things her way because she's the baby of the family and you better do it Pam's way because if God doesn't do it Pam's way, God didn't do it right. Because didn't he hear me when I prayed? I told him how to do it. I told him, God, heal me. You are a healer. Heal me now. Thank you. And I will give you the praise. If you don't, then you didn't do it right. Um, excuse you, God. I told you yesterday. Now today is Tuesday, and I'm still sick. Um, hello. I have been telling you since... Me either. Thank you. Philippians 4, verse 6 in the Amplified. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. My devotion this morning was about worry. And it took me back to way back in Germany when I had a counted cross stitch on my wall that said worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you any place. 
Remember the good old count of cross stitch days? Yeah. Okay, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, parentheses, definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Wants. I can let him know, but next week we're going to talk about nevertheless. As Christians, people in general, we seem to have the mistaken idea that life is all about numero uno. The universe was created to revolve around me. Ever since that wonderful day in February when I was born, I'm glad that you agree with me. I mean, that is the day that all of the universe just started to center and revolve around me. The light shines on me. I walk in the room and I'm there, right? I mean, you bring the baby home from the hospital and they go, and everyone runs. Right? I mean, we train our babies to think that the world revolves around them. And then we wonder why we have so many self-centered people in the world. Yet, that's not how God intended it to be. He created us for fellowship and communion with him. The world revolves around him. Him. And if you doubt me, what gives off in the universe, what gives off the light? Say it louder. The sun, the S-U-N. Now, who gives off the light in your life? You or the sun? S-O-N. The moon does nothing on its own. It's a dark chunk of nothing dark mass of nothing. Yet, think about the songs. Think about the romance involved in it. You don't go out at night and sit under the sun with your loved one. You look for the full moon. Guys, and you propose under the beauty of the moon light shining on her whatever color hair and you, right? You don't go under the scorching sun unless you're a beach bunny and, you know, Lord help you. But, right? But the sun has no problem reflecting, or the moon has no problem just reflecting the beautiful light of the sun. It doesn't complain about that. It just does what it was created to do. Right? Yeah, we say, um, God, now let me tell you how this needs to work. I don't like it like this. God says, I want you to be like this, and we tell them how we think it should be. I don't want to go there and tell them or show them or be this way because I don't like it. Our, my, I'll only speak for me. Maybe you have a different kind of a way. But my happiness is not God's number one concern. My making it to heaven He wants me to spend eternity with him. And he has to do a lot of refining in me to get me there. And me doing things to get other people there with me is also his concern. 
My happiness here on earth is not his concern. I was not created to be here. I was created to be there. This is a temporary stopping point to get me there. And I lose sight of that, and then that's when I am, of all women, most miserable. And I lose my purpose. I lose my focus. Because if my happiness here and now is his main concern, his focus, something's wrong. Why is there killing? Why is there sickness? Why do I stub my toe? Why don't I have as much as you do? I mean, why isn't everything fair and equal? Right? It's because he's God and he's sovereign. And I was created for communion with him and to reflect him. And it's only when I submit to him and I get myself in balance with him. And I say, oh God, I just want to magnify you and I want to reflect you. At all times that things come into balance. I need a shift in my thinking. The world does not revolve around me. It revolves around him. I'm to reflect him and to magnify him. Magnify the Lord. True harmony only comes in my life when I realize that it's all about him and not about me. If every instrument in the orchestra wanted to be center stage, there would be no harmony. When we all demand to be the main show, there's nothing. There's nothing but chaos. Imagine the tubas blaring, the drums banging, the music flying. No one paying any attention to the conductor. Yet, how often do we do that? We ignore the conductor in our lives. Do you get up, do I get up every morning and say, God, what is today about? Is my first waking thought, Lord, what would you have me do? I want today to magnify you. I want today to bless you. Today is all about you. Every day, God, I want to be all about you. It's not about me. It's not about me getting ahead. It's about me magnifying you. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I can only do that when I put him first. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Boast. Boast is a statement expressing excessive pride, credit, or honor. Now, I know that we are not to be pride-filled. However, I think that we should have a whole lot more pride in our God. Expressing excessive pride, giving credit where credit is due, 
giving honor to the one to whom honor is due, boasting on our God. And not in that, I don't want to say fake, false way, but, oh, it was all God. Not in that empty way. My God is greater. My God can do all things. There's nothing impossible with my God. My God can deliver me. And if he doesn't, he's still God. If he doesn't, he's got a better plan. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. Whoa, to have that kind of faith. I will not bow down to the false idols of this world. Because my God will deliver me. And if he doesn't, he is still God. There is no God besides my God. I will therefore boast in my infirmities. I take pleasure in my infirmities. Do you really take pleasure in your infirmities? Got one honest person in the background. I will boast in my infirmities. Do you take pleasure in your infirmities? Praise God, I have cancer. Whoa, God gets to shine through now. God is either going to heal me or I get to show his grace. Woo, I can't wait to see which one it is. Woo, come on, God, let's throw, show him now. A stroke? Whoa. Woo. Woo. A fiery furnace? Bring it on, God. Woo. My God, you just got done nodding that your God is God. Come on. You want to boast in your infirmities? Is he God or not God? I had someone just tell me, whoa, you know, it's no wonder. And I'm not, and I'm not putting them down any. But God will put a test before you to see how you're going to react to it. And it's either going to make you or break you. It's either going to prove you or prove him. Hopefully both. Prove you in him. There's no greater testimony of God in you than to have people say, Whoa, how does she or he have such peace in that? Whoa. 
My life is all about him and his glory. That's how you can boast in your infirmities. Take pleasure in your infirmities. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect. How? Oh, I'm just a superhero. I can handle everything. Nothing's too hard for me. No, I'm a weakling. I don't like pain. I don't, ask my husband, I don't like to be sick. When I gave natural childbirth to a nine and a half pound baby, I said, nine and what? Whoa, my, my, my. Now, if you had told me going into that room how large my daughter was going to be after a little six pound baby, I'd have said, no way. We're just going to do a C-section right now and be done with it. I do not like pain. I am not signing up for the pain train. I am nobody's fool. I am a weakling. I don't even open my own pickle jars. I have a husband that does that. I don't shovel snow. I don't sweep sidewalks. I don't do any of that stuff. I have a husband. Why would I? I don't exert myself. I don't like pain. In my weakness, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Why? Because his grace is sufficient. If you ever doubt that God's grace is sufficient, come talk to me. I am a living, walking testimony of God's grace and his sufficiency. God's grace is sufficient, and it is made perfect. His strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. Just admit, I'm weak, and he'll make you strong. Most gladly, but you have to be willing to gladly, gladly, gladly glory in your infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon you. God, I need your strength. I need your strength. I do not want to be a weak, whiny woman out there for the world to see. And they say, well, I thought that her God was strong. I want them to say, whoa, how on earth does she do it? And then I can say, Jesus is so wonderful. And he loves you so much. And what he's done for me, he can do for you. Because he doesn't love me any more than he loves you. His grace is always sufficient. And his strength is stronger than anything you will ever need. My soul makes her boast in the Lord. Because I humbled myself. And now I can be glad. I paraphrase the word of God a lot to myself. Life only makes sense when I 